still got one man up and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle. Got Mike Brown to beat as the last line of defence and here goes Joseph. Joseph's going to get over. Watson goes on the outside. Oh, Watson goes Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gabriel and no Tom this week, but I have picked a much, much better guest. I am joined <laughs> by friend of the podcast, Bath star, Max Ajoma. Max, thank you very much for coming back on. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good evening. I've been subbed in last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, Tom not available for selection this week, but um, Max has started. And, and when you got your opportunity in the Bath first team, you took it with both hands. So, yeah, maybe Tom's going to get relegated to the subs bench for, for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm trying to become a regular on this now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? How, um, how's, the, how's the body and everything feeling after the game and the, the travel on, on Saturday, the, obviously the fantastic win against Newcastle. Yeah, um, not too bad, to be honest. It's, um, it's Monday now, but feeling quite sweet. I mean, the, the travel was... Is, we're lucky because Bar flew us up, up and back, but I heard horror stories of like Exeter this year. The, um, the Exeter uni team got the flights and the, ex, the men's team had to take the bus up there. Um, we've done pretty well to fly up and back um, up on Friday, play the game back on Saturday, five points. So happy days. Yeah, obviously first win on the road as well in eight months must have been pretty sweet. What's the the journey back like on on, on a day like that? Is it is it kind of a raucous affair on on the flight back, or is are people kind of too tired to to enjoy themselves as much as they should? Um, it wasn't as raucous as you think. Uh, normally, it's the buses that get they get pretty lively. Um, on a flight, it's, it's a bit different. There was there was no one at the airport because um, Newcastle Airport doesn't only has private flights in the um, on Saturdays. So we're there pretty much on our own. And also, like we were all just we we're all knackered. It's a lot of travelling. So um, I think we actually took it quite easy. We're very professional this time. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're telling the listeners. And that's not what you were telling me. Uh, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, is that new that you guys are flying out there? Are you, in previous years, do you know if they've got the bus or or what? what's the normal procedure? Um, I think now teams are definitely looking to fly up and back. But um, I guess during COVID, that must have been a logistical nightmare or so teams are taking coaches, but you, I've only heard of us taking the coach, you know, a handful of times. Um, normally the, the furthest we'll go up on the coach will probably be Manchester when we play sale. Yeah. I mean that, even that must just be so difficult. Like when I used to, when I used to play and obviously very, very different situation here, but um, when we used to have to do like an hour, two hours on the bus, it used to take you about 20 minutes to, to kind of get that out of the legs. It must be so difficult to, to do it after, you know, even going up to Manchester. Yeah, 100%. It, it takes it out of you. And that's why if it's a, if it's a long journey to um, an away team, you can pretty much guarantee that you're going to have a night in a hotel before up there yeah. so that you can you know, get your recovery in, um, any massages, and just chill out. Yeah. It, would, it always seemed like we did those... Like It went for a period where we played so much Friday night games in Newcastle and Sale, particularly Newcastle. I mean, that must have been even more difficult, I guess, but that's probably before your time, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's that's before me, but I, I, I'm glad it's changed now because I feel for the lads back in the day that had to do that. 
what would a what would a main message then, Max, today back in at Farley House? I guess what would a kind of main positives that you guys took from from the win? Not just obviously getting the win and getting the five points and getting up in the table towards Worcester towards Newcastle. But what were the main positives that you took actually from the performance? Um, I think in terms of game management, you you couldn't see at the time, but there was it was so windy. Right? It was so windy right across the pitch. So we were into the wind in the first half. And I remember, I think when, when they scored and we were trying down, I came back and I, I said to Miles, because he was lifting me if they um, kicked to us, I said to him, don't worry, because it, it, it is a two-try win. So, you know, to, to stick in the game long enough, go in at half-time down and then come out and end up, you know, well, I forget the final score, but... 25-30. You know, yeah, 25-30, try ahead. Like that, you know, it's a credit to the lads for sticking into it for so long. Um, we were as a back line we were really happy with our set piece defence um, yeah. you know Newcastle's a niggly team that you know they actually do run from pretty much anywhere and the main messages in the week were one not giving away penalties and and two if we defend them well in phase play we know they'll kick back to us because mm. um, they're a team that as soon as they get into your 22 they're so hard to start because they've they got one of the best driving driving lineouts in the in the league and they're they're great in the in the red zone. Mm. How how much can you actually kind of remember from a game? Obviously, today I guess you've watched bits of it or the whole game back. I don't know how it works, but when you come off a game, is it all kind of a little bit of a blur, or is it quite clear in your mind like what you've done well and and certain details of the game? Yeah, um, it's it's probably too clear. All right, we. <laughs> I think the more experienced boys are fine for it, but people like. Young boys like me, Landy and DJ, I'll be like nausing over something yeah. when I don't actually have the full picture. Like the main thing the coach would say is just sharp, leave it until we get the video, and then we'll look at it back on Monday. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, it's, it's pointless doing a hot review as soon as you get off the pitch because there's so many emotions tied to it. Yeah, and is that kind of reflected in the in the like post match chat? Is it is it kind of more of like a general? overview obviously you won so I guess it was quite positive but when when you've lost is it more of like a general point as opposed to actually picking out details because I guess that can be really difficult sort of 15-20 minutes after the game yeah 100% like the the last thing hats or hoops are going to do when we come into the huddle after a loss is start you know nitpicking and picking out little bits because you know half the players some of the players won't remember it and there's it's pointless you're just going to you know bring people down for the weekend Um, normally it's just a general message um, looking at the team performance as a whole, we actually there was a lot of credit given to our subs because I thought our bench had a huge impact against you know Newcastle. And that that makes life so much easier for the starters because you can go out there, go balls out, and knowing that if your tank is empty, they'll bring you off and bring someone on that will that will perform. Yeah, yeah, I think the subs did absolutely make a difference. I, I thought for me, like we 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 just managed the territory in that second half so much better. Um, and I think, yeah, Cipriani and Spencer were able to use that wind kind of really well. And, 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 and I thought what you guys did, did really well was cut down that, that ill discipline. Um, I thought in the first half like that, I know you guys will be more than well aware, but that's been something that we've really, or you've really struggled with this season. And that was, starting to eat back into the game in the first half. But I thought credit in, in the second half, the, the old discipline was coming more from Newcastle. And I think 
the defence that the yourself and and the backs were were kind of harrowing um, harrowing Newcastle. I thought we were creating mistakes and creating their real discipline. Was that something that, that you guys spoke about at half time, kind of trying to cut down on on penalties from yourselves and and trying to put Newcastle under pressure, given they were kick, kicking into the wind? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just in the season in general, we've been giving away way too many penalties, way too many cards as well. Um, and then in that first half, you know, with them having the wind and they scored, they had a bit of momentum. And to be fair, our goal line defence was class for a bit. But we came in at half time, said we needed to cut that out. And then when we stopped attacking as many breakdowns, you know, and being ill-disciplined, it actually puts pressure on the other team because our defence is actually very good when we're not giving away penalties. So we knew that if we push them back for a couple of phases at a time, they'll start making mistakes or having to, you know, chuck miracle passes around. Is there like a number that you guys like speak about in terms of a number of penalties you don't want to go over in a game? Obviously, every team's going to concede penalties in, in, in every single game. Is there like a number that you have in mind? Like, we can't get over eight, we can't get over 10, we can't get over 12. Is it something that you speak about or is that taken kind of game by game? It's definitely taken game by, by game. I don't think I don't think you could put a, a whole number on it because you know you look at England versus South Africa and the autumn nations, and England have given away what something like nineteen penalties and still managed to grind out a win. Mm-hmm. I think it's more the the momentum shifts in a game and what it can do for the mindset of a team that you know that will break you, and also the free territory for the other team. Mm-hmm. So just in general, we try and we try not to give away super penalties. We actually say. You, you're more inclined to give away a penalty inside your 22 because, the, you know, the worst that's going to happen is they get another tap and go or, or they kick to the corner. It's the ones that break a team are the, the penalties in the middle thirds because that's, that's just a free entry into the 22. Yeah. Yeah, in the middle third. And I also think, like, when you've got them inside their own 22 as well, and I think I was listening back to the game today and you could hear... I don't know who it was, but someone in the pack just shouting kind of no easy out, no easy out. I, I guess that's something that you guys work on. Like don't give them a penalty, which makes them easily relieve pressure, especially going into that wind. You want to make it a difficult box kick or a difficult clearance kick so that you'll get the ball back firstly. And also that the, the territory gained will be nowhere near as much. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, the amount of times where at the start of the season where we take a kick off, after scoring or something, go give away a penalty and they kick back, they get their line out, you know, an entry zone in, on the 50. That's, that's what breaks you. Yeah, no, it does. And I, I think the, the subs were, were absolutely key, as you mentioned. And, and we'll talk about Big Joe Dock and Seager in a minute, but I thought maybe not an area that you know too much about, Max, but I thought Lewis Boyce coming back on um, and definitely not an area that I know too much about. So I'm not going to say that I know more about you. Definitely not. But yeah, Lewis Boyce coming on. I think he scored with almost his first touch. Um, and his impact at scrum time was, was yeah, I thought started to turn that game in our favour. Um, yeah, maybe just like to talk about Boyce. I know he's been he's been off for quite a long period of time, but he seems like when he's on, people really rally around him. He seems like quite a well-liked member of the of the squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, he's known as Uncle Boise because he's taken me under his wing. He's, <laughs> a, he's a great lad. Um, is that a good I thing? Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's good. He's lovely. <laughs> um, you know, to come back after six weeks out, you know, and then come on come on against a team that's not bad in the scrums or that was holding their own, to be fair, and, you know, begin to dominate, it, it means a lot. And, and um, you've also got to credit, you know, Will Spencer as well. Mm. You know that's because it is it is just 
the tight five making that um doing all that work they came on and then what well, we start grinding out pens on their five meter line it's it's class and it it's something you don't actually have to worry about as a backline anymore yeah yeah that was kind of a key moment wasn't it when when obviously joe went over for for his second try big joe back as well after getting that extremely frustrating injury in pre-season and to score two tries which yeah, I mean, he didn't have to do too much for them, but <laughs> see the smile on his face as a Bath fan and I guess as a Bath colleague, it must have been pretty sweet after what's been a you know rough six months and then even before that for Joe. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to see him back. I just, from a selfish point of view, I hope Eddie doesn't whisk him off too quickly. Even <laughs> <laughs> for the end of the Six Nations. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, a, he's a world-class player. He's, he is. He's one of the best wingers in the world on his day. Um, you know, and you've got a player with, with that much size on the wing that's actually surprisingly quick. You know, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, surprisingly quick. Teams have, to, teams have to watch out for players like that. Yeah. Is he quicker than you, Max? Oh, mate, he's one of the quickest in the squad, genuine. Are so, you, yeah. You're not one, of the, not you're one of the quickest in the squad? Uh, no, I'm not. I wouldn't say I have the highest top speed of my accelerations. Just my acceleration <laughs> no. gets but then I'll pass. I'm not. I'm not trying to make full breaks. <laughs> Is he quicker than your your flatmate, Gabe Hamer Webb? Uh, Gabe's looking at me, yeah. saying, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. It's great to see Joe back, wasn't it? Um, yeah, and obviously great to to get the five points on the road. Um, the first win of the captaincy of Miles Reed, who, like yourself, Max, is a homegrown guy. I was wondering what what kind of differences or what what Miles brought to the captaincy, if anything, or was he kind of his normal self and kind of just led by example on the field? Um, he very much leads by example on the field, and he's a you know he's one of the guys that I can say genuinely bleeds blue black and white he mm -hmm. you know he stood up in meetings before he was instrumental in the, when we played Bristol away at the at the start of the season he was the one at the front that brought the, all the boys in and said how much it meant to him playing in a derby day like this um, you know when, when we're on the field it's, he's just a he's a calm head um, leads by action really um, you know he won't speak for the sake of it only has key messages and and I can say for the whole squad we all know how much playing to Bath means for him and even better for him to get, you know, he's one to know as captain. So happy days for him. Yeah. I mean, Charlie was going to struggle to get it back off him, isn't he? When he comes back from England. Oh no, I can't comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was great to see Miles get that win. Um, and great to see so many fans, Bath fans in attendance at Kingston Park. I think maybe 95% of them were made up by Will Muir's, hometown club which I think is Ginsborough RFC um, yeah that certainly brought a different element to the atmosphere at Kingston Park kind of did you boys know about that beforehand and, and what sort of what sort of how embarrassed was Will at the end um, horse, was, horse was fine we knew you know I knew he'd have a couple of people from Newcastle but not it must be like around 50 to 100 people oh, yeah. it was it was crazy and you know I don't want to um, I don't want to slag off Kingston Park too much, but you know I'm pretty sure horses section was being louder than the rest of the stadium. Um, it was it was class, and then that's the first time where after an away game at the end we go and all the fans are just in one section. They're all going crazy for us, and it, you know he didn't know what to do with himself. 
Yeah. Well, to be fair, the only other time that all the fans in an away game have been in one section is when we somehow made it out to La Rochelle and there was only five of us, but we were all... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed that one. But I heard, I heard to, to Gabe, who was the first to, to come over. So, yeah, that was... Um, maybe we, we probably weren't making as loud an atmosphere as, as those guys were. Um, yeah, that, that was great to see so many blue, black and white flags. Yeah, no, it all counts in it. You know, when I walked out for the first time in warm-up, I looked across and I was like, wow, I see more bar fans than um, Newcastle fans. So it almost felt like a home game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Wow, yeah, and it was great to to get that win. Um, I think your first um, time playing with Danny Cipriani as well, Max. What was that like? How did that differ to playing with um, with Orlando Bailey, someone who you've probably played quite a few times with before and now with in, in the first team? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's class playing with Sips. He's, um, I say, he's probably one of the best attacking tens in the league on his day. Um, and it was good to see him, you know, showing some of the form that, you know, we all know he has. Um, he just manages the game very well. He's a seasoned pro and... You know, you won't mind me saying, as an old head, it makes it a lot easier for for us young boys because I know I could I could not say anything for the whole game and he'll he'll manage it in the right places, put us in the right areas. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely a, a different dynamic. Um, mm. I almost have to talk less because me and Orlando almost work in tandem, really. But I know Sips, no matter what, always wants the ball in his hands and he's always going to play step up at first receiver. So I, I kind of let him do his thing, organise the all of us in the in the back line waiting for him to um, <laughs> unleash us and then just give it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think Sips would keep up with Joe Dock and Seager in a 100-metre race, though. Maybe not anymore. No, no, it'll, it'll, it'll give him an, a nice assist, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, Landy, though, the, the 10 that's been playing most this season and yourself and him rewarded, thoroughly deserved um, the new contracts that you guys were handed out or... And it was officially announced, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Firstly, yeah, congratulations, Max. That that's brilliant news. You must be absolutely over the moon. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. It's, it's it's got over the line to be fair, and I'm happy Landy signed for the, the same duration of time. Um, you know, you've got a a good core of young lads now that have medium to long term contracts still to you know to complete. So everything in the next two to three years, it, you know, it's, we're building towards something. Yeah. I think what was so great as a, as a Bath fan, obviously you guys have been fantastic this season. Um, but I think for yourself and for Landy and for Miles um, and for you and Richards as well, who I thought, who thought was really good again on Saturday, it's clear that the club actually does mean something to you and to see the photos of, where the, the club did of kind of how it started, how it's going, of you in like a bath shirt when you were younger and then obviously now and then Landy as well. I think that's kind of, personally speaking, and I think I do speak for um, a lot of Bath fans, just so great to see because obviously we care a lot about the club and we know the players do, but just to kind of see how you guys have come through the ranks and 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 love the club for so long, I think it's just so great. And, and yeah, really gives you that confidence that the club's, Kind of going in the right direction despite some tough tough days this season yeah no 100 uh it's it's quite it's actually quite funny to think it is it is so surreal but it's quite funny to think that so many of the young boys are, are from the bath catchment area and that yeah. you know if they weren't signed to bath chances are there'd be fans of bath anyway because i know for sure i'd still be i'd still be coming down to watch the games if i wasn't playing so it's quite 
it means more when we're on the field, you know, winning or try not to lose um, <laughs> because, because we love the club so much and because we're genuine fans of the club, we want to see it do well. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure it's kind of not just two years, mate. Yeah, don't worry, I'll stick around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it on record there. <laughs> when are you going to be? When are you going to be kind of kicking, kicking, kicking Gabe out and moving into uh, um, a new place, mate? With the with all this new contract money you've got. I oh, know he's he's he got his contract on ages ago. It's him. <laughs> it's him. I'm I'm just sticking around here. Um, no, I feel like we currently live like pretty much smack bang in the middle of town, so. Um, we we thought for the period of our period of time in our lives, whilst we don't have kids and you know we're we're still young, we may as well live in the centre of town where things probably aren't as important. But I think we're definitely in the next couple of years we'll look to move elsewhere. Hopefully, get a house. Yeah, grow <laughs> up a bit. Time to grow up. Once I'm not a student anymore. <laughs> yes definitely enjoy it whilst you can mate hopefully you'll be enjoying, enjoying another win on Saturday as we host Bristol at the wreck before we get into talking a little bit about that game and kind of what we can expect on Saturday I wonder if you just kind of had any memories of the first game against Bristol because I think although we lost and although it was in the middle of that really difficult period at the start of the season I actually thought as a team and certainly for yourself and Orlando that was potentially one of your best performances of the season and, and almost like a kind of coming of age, coming out kind of performance. I wonder if you remember much from that game and, and your guys' individual performances. Yeah, mate, I, to be honest, I remember everything. I've been so angry since that game because, uh, okay, uh, Dites of Rugby have been banned for, for commenting on refs, so I can't say too much, but I feel like some decisions didn't go our way. Well, the knock uh, um, I'll, um, say, I'll say it, the knock-on was a complete joke. Disgraceful. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, I feel like it's, one, it's a derby game. Two, it's at home on a Saturday. Um, I think it's one of our biggest games of the season. Um, there's a huge fight for selection. I know there, there probably isn't a player at the club that doesn't want to play this game. Everyone wants to play because... Um, it's, you know, we're look, we're looking for revenge because that that loss, it, the away from home loss, like that hurt us mm. because you know that's a game that we felt we should have won. So it it means so much coming back, coming back at home after after being Newcastle, showing a turn in form. Um, a win would be class, and also we're we're five points behind Worcester at this point. You know, it'd be it'd be great to get, you know, to get above them and then see where the rest of the season takes us. Um, Max, I still think you're holding the pen from when you signed the contract, um, and still, still, still clicking it. You can't, you can't quite put the pen down. Right, right. <laughs> no, that's no worries. My game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great to hear you guys talk about it. And yeah, I'm making the the trip down. So yeah, it's a game that I absolutely cannot wait for. Definitely one that I was not going to miss. Having also been at the Ashton Gate on that Friday night when we, when we lost, and we kind of definitely were proud of the performance and felt like we 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 should have won that game and. And yeah, I, I, I think we've got a great chance on Saturday. You know, I think we're certainly, or you guys are certainly, I feel awkward saying we in front of you because it's not me, it's definitely you. No, no, we're all together, we're back. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I think it's certainly improving and it's just without doubt since the turn of the year, especially it's starting to show on, on, on the field. And I think Bristol are 
are not having their best season, obviously, since they, since they've come up, and yeah, hopefully a, a a prime to be picked off at the wreck. That would be absolutely fantastic, and yeah, then we'd be level on points, and then we'd be kind of chasing, and and, and we could try and make something of the season. So yeah, it's a game that I absolutely cannot wait for, and I'm sure Bath fans listen to this absolutely cannot wait for. Um, is there is there something that you guys have have highlighted from the game on Saturday against Newcastle that you kind of look, want to improve on for for this weekend? Yeah, I mean, mostly around defence because Bristol are a team that will play from anywhere. I yeah. think they've got the lowest kicks in play out of the whole league. So, it, you know, they're not afraid to to play off their own line. So it's it's really important that we get our defensive width set and that we're fluid around the ruck chain because, you know, you give you give a team like Bristol a sniff and they start getting some momentum, that's when, that's when they can hurt you. I think the the best way we could play would be almost a structure plus kind of game going set piece to set piece you know trying to grind them down um, building phases and attack and then when they have when we're in defence really it's a team that if you knock them back for three phases they'll they'll just kick it back to you and let, let you have a go mm. so I think you know defence around our first three phases and then set piece is going to be so key yeah yeah I, I think that's why isn't it Bristol are so dangerous if you if you kind of let them let them get wide and yeah I think if we can kind of maybe kind of keep it tight frustrate them early on um, and then when when it's on let Danny or whoever's playing at 10 Orlando and as you got as you said un, unleash the backs who were starting to obviously get get a lot of Joe coming back, getting backs back. I thought the Glamour again was outstanding on Saturday. Getting these guys back, I think we can kind of go toe to toe with Bristol when it comes to attacking play. But I think our game still, you're right, has to be based around that that set piece. And and yeah, getting Boise back will, will be huge for for that. And and hopefully we'll be able to to assert some dominance there, get get them going back because you know, you could have the best backline in the world, but if, if your pack are, are, are not on the front foot, it becomes extremely, extremely difficult. So, yeah, I think that that's the key area. And I, I just really hope you guys are able to, to execute that game plan and, and get a victory. Yeah, 100%. I think I think with the players we have across the whole 23, um, really, I, I think attack will look after itself if we sort out the other aspects of our game. We've got enough weapons that, you know, we can, someone will do something special or we'll break them down in phase play. Mm. Yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. Um, Max, thank you so much for for coming back on the podcast this week. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to feel like coming back down to earth when we have Tom back on. So, yeah, you'll have to, <laughs> have to come back on soon. Um, and yeah, congratulations on the win, on the new contract and best of luck on Saturday I'll be there along with 14,000 other Bath fans cheering you on so fingers crossed we can get that victory and um, yeah maybe maybe bump into you at the end of the game so thank you Max for coming on and we'll speak to you very soon mate cheers mate a pleasure as always and there he goes Max Ajoma thank you so much for joining us um yeah, great to hear his views, a different perspective on a win. Uh, thankfully, we did get a win to align it with Tom not being here. Otherwise, it may just have been this, which is me um, in monologue form talking about the blue, black and white, which I think for what we've been doing this now, about four seasons, this has been the ultimate goal for me. So finally achieved it. Um, thank you very much for listening, listeners. Um, please do subscribe to the podcast if you have enjoyed this podcast and enjoyed the podcast throughout the season please do review 
on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I always say, most importantly, share with your mates. If you think there's a Bath fan in your life that would like to listen to the podcast, would like to listen to Max Ajoma for half an hour, break down a victory and then look ahead to the game at the weekend. I can't think of many Bath fans that wouldn't want to do that, um, even if it did have me interrupting probably too often to talk about my views. But thank you for listening. Uh, and as always, stick behind the boys through thick and thin.